welcome to our podcast today on A Course in Miracles. Today is December 17th, Monday, and we're on lesson number 17. And what would that be, Sandra? Well, it's a continuation of yesterday. Um, it, this one is, I see no neutral things. Yesterday was, I have no neutral thoughts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I see no neutral things. This idea is another step in the direction of identifying cause and effect as it really operates in the world. You see no neutral things because you have no neutral thoughts. It is always the thought that comes first, despite the temptation to believe that it's the other way around. This is not the way the world thinks, but you must learn that it is the way you think. If it were not so, perception would have no cause and would itself be the cause of reality. In view of its highly variable nature, this is hardly likely. So in applying today's idea, say to yourself with the eyes open, I see no neutral things because I have no neutral thoughts. Then you look around and resting your glance on each thing, I do not say a neutral I do not see a neutral blank because my thoughts about blank are not neutral. Okay, so... The first thing is, I say no... Close your eyes... No, with eyes open, sorry. I see no neutral things because I have no neutral thoughts. That's the first thing. I see no neutral things because I have no neutral thoughts. Then you say, I do not see a neutral blank because my thoughts about blank are not neutral. Okay, I do not see a neutral chair because my thoughts about that chair are not neutral. I see no neutral things because I have no neutral thoughts. Um, I do not see a neutral computer because my thoughts about computers are not neutral. I do not see a neutral recorder because my thoughts about recorders are not neutral. I do not see a neutral body because my thoughts about bodies are not neutral. I do not see a neutral pillow because my thoughts about pillows are not neutral. I do not see neutral flowers because my thoughts about flowers are not neutral. I do not see a neutral refrigerator because my thoughts about refrigerators are not neutral. Uh, As usual, it's essential to make no distinctions between what you believe to be animate and inanimate, pleasant or unpleasant. Regardless of what you may believe, you do not see anything that is really alive or really joyous. Regardless of what you may believe, you do not see anything that is really alive or really joyous. That's because you are unaware as yet of any thought that is really true and therefore really happy. Um, That's an interesting paragraph. So, I... You do not see anything that's really joyous or alive. Well, then, I don't understand that because I see you as alive. Well, I think we see things the way we think we see them. And this is leading us to a vision that's so much more than what we're using. So it's not that we don't see things. We do see things according to our 
thoughts about them. That's the point this is making. Yesterday was I have no neutral thoughts. Today was I see no neutral things. And then it's trying to tell you that your thoughts about something precede how you see it. You project your thoughts onto it, and then you call that perception. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I still don't get it that I'm not seeing you as alive. I mean, I think I'm seeing you as really alive. And this says I don't see anything as really alive. So um, you still haven't... Well, it's, it's just a matter, it's a matter of levels, like, would you say that there are some days where you're more happy than others? Right. So there's a gradation of joy, right? Some kind of a gradation. Yeah. Well, I think this is trying to say the same thing. There is, there is a gradation of perception or seeing seeing the real world versus seeing an illusion of the world. And when we give up our perception of things, this holy vision can come to us. But we can't have the holy vision if we're still projecting our unholy thoughts onto things. Mm -hmm. So you could say, well, I see you as alive, but maybe there's a level of aliveness that's far greater than what you're seeing. Is that possible? Well, I guess so. I don't see anything that is really alive. I still think if it's moving, it's hard as being is alive. I'm stuck on that. Okay. But it's saying I don't see anything that is really alive or really joyous. Well, are you willing to entertain the possibility that there is a vision of something far greater than the way you're seeing it? Yeah. So there's a life far greater than the life you're perceiving. So you are... Far greater, more alive than the way I'm perceiving you. Could be, but I mean, you're you're kind of playing the devil's advocate here. Mm. Um, I think we have to remain open for that possibility. If Jesus is telling us that we're not seeing something uh, fully alive and fully joyous because of our projections of our thoughts Mm -hmm. onto that thing or that person and that those projections are meaningless thoughts they're not true they're they're only true to us but they're not true in the cosmic reality and they're preventing us from seeing the cosmic reality because they're they're getting in the way, you know. They're like um, a block to our vision of cosmic reality. Mm-hmm. So if they're a block and they're getting in the way, wouldn't you say we have to give them up in yeah, order to have mean, this greater vision? <clears throat> how am I supposed to see you then? If I'm not, if I'm not seeing you totally alive. 
Well, you're always asking me how, but what if there's no how? Mm. Your how is to give up the way you're seeing it now. That's the only how involved here. It's saying you don't have any neutral thoughts and you don't see anything as neutral because you don't have any neutral thoughts and you're using your thoughts to project onto that thing and then you call that seeing. You know, I could just just as easily project some opinion onto a person and say, oh, well, they're difficult or they're um, too much and um, they go on and on and I don't really like it when they go on and on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have these thoughts we project onto things. So, I, I mean, is that clear? that we have that? Yeah, I understand that part. Okay, so then if we do project these things on onto these thoughts onto things, would you say that there's a possibility they're not true, they're just opinions? Yeah, I understand all that. Okay, I, I, well then if you're projecting non-truth onto things, you're seeing it not the way it is. Mm-hmm. So, so then if you stop doing that, which is a, you ask me, well, how do you see the real thing? Well, stop projecting the unreal thing. Mm. That's the how. Stop projecting the unreal thing, which is what these lessons are trying to do. My meaningless thoughts are showing me a meaningless world. I don't have any neutral thoughts. They're, they're charged up with some kind of judgment about whatever it is. They're not neutral. I assess everything good or bad, and my assessment is questionable. Mm. That's what this, these lessons are doing. They're questioning mm -hmm. the way we perceive things mm -hmm. and saying that because you're perceiving things this way, you're not going to be perceiving the way God would have you perceive it. You're perceiving it in a meaningless way, mm -hmm. and you're upset <clears throat> about that, and you're fearful about that. Right, so you're and saying eventually I'm you're guilty you, about I that. I understand that, but so you're saying I'm seeing you as not totally alive then. Correct. Mm. That's what the thing is saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're not seeing my God-created self, and that's the only part that is truly alive. Mm -hmm. And it's immortal. It's not only it's alive, it's free of death. Mm. Okay. So most of the time we perceive people in the mortality of their own limitations. And yeah, we might perceive them as alive today, but we'll perceive them as dead tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, in many different ways. I mean, what about all the people that you're friends with and then all of a sudden something happens and you're not friends with them anymore? Either because they've left or you've left them they're kind of dead in your mind so yes they're alive but they're kind of dead too so we have this uh, duality 
and these last two lessons are pointing that out, I have no neutral thoughts. I see no neutral things. Well, that's duality, isn't it? Yeah. It's either good or bad, and it's two. It's like this or that. And it's not neutral. It's charged up. Oh, I love you today, and I hate you tomorrow. And we've all experienced that in relationships. So, and those are projections. And those are part of the death urge even. You know, we talk about the death urge quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And what's involved in the death urge? Well, our personal lie is one, right? Mm -hmm. So, if you say you're not good enough, and then God says he created you only good enough, that's a duality. That's what I mean by duality. Mm -hmm. There's two. And we're going to fight about which one is true. In our, in, in, amongst ourselves and also in our own mind about ourselves. We're going to be in a constant battle proving to ourselves that we're good enough or proving to ourselves that we're not good enough. And that, that battle goes on in the ego's mind. Not in the Holy Spirit's mind. The Holy Spirit sees that the thought I'm not good enough is false. And only what's true is there. Mm -hmm. but, but in this last couple of lessons, I have no neutral thoughts, I see no neutral things. That's describing how the ego sees things. There's a judgment about everything. And because you're judging it, you're not seeing it as fully alive, and you're not seeing it as fully joyous, and you're not seeing it as God created it. God didn't create it in a dualistic conflict. Okay, we're supposed to do three or four specific practice periods. Okay. No so, less than three. But I, I, I just want to make sure that we're getting this, this why these lessons and why it says you're not seeing mm -hmm. me as fully alive because you're projecting some kind yeah. of a conflict onto it with this not neutral thought. Thought is never neutral, it says. Mm -hmm. And because it's never neutral, it's always in conflict. It's always in some kind of a judgment about something. See, Jesus is trying to stop our thought, mm. but we're so addicted to it, it's almost impossible to stop our thought. I mean, even when we're trying to do it, like sit down and meditate and try to stop your thought, mm -hmm. it, it, it's like oh. when you first start to try to do that, it's, it, feels, it feels, one, like you can't do it, and then it feels, too, like something's being taken away from you that you don't want to give up. Why should I give up my thought? Well, because it keeps you somewhat in your unconscious death urge. Yeah. And it keeps you somewhat depressed and unhappy. So 
I don't know. Anything else that you want to say about it? Um, well, I know. I I guess that I'm. If I'm looking at you, I'm seeing you. Um, less than live. If I have any judgment about you, I guess. Okay. Well, let's. What is that practice then? You look at the chair and you say. I do not see a neutral chair because my thoughts about chairs are not neutral. Mm -hmm. I do not see a neutral wall because my thoughts about walls are not neutral. I do not see a neutral body because my thoughts about bodies are not neutral. Well, that's the other thing. You might be looking at me and seeing my body. Yeah. And then you have all kinds of judgments about that. Oh. Oh, I wish his body was thinner. Um, <laughs> I wish his body was showered and dressed. Um, I wish his body was blah blah blah. I don't. I don't think it's complicated. Just do the practice, like it says, even if you don't understand it, or even if you don't fully agree with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I seem to be hearing noise outside, <laughs> and I have no neutral thoughts about yeah, it. Yeah, no neutral thoughts about it. Yeah. So, we do the best we can to um, make a quiet environment. We turn off the heat, and we turn off the refrigerator, you know, and any white noise that we have control over, but we don't always have control over outside, so sorry about the... Um, the noise from outside, especially in the morning, there's a lot going on in the neighborhood. So, uh, see, we don't have a neutral thought about that either. <laughs> well, thank you. I know this is um, still, we feel like we're kind of in suspended animation here with not quite knowing where we're going, but. I, I, I know that Jesus' undoing our thoughts, our mind, so that we can be in this stillness to receive something new. And if we're not, if we're not in that space of, of the stillness or the silence, um, we've got too much going on to receive. So this is like a clearing away. It's like a racing. Like imagine you have a blackboard and you've got all kinds of things written on it uh, that you've put on it your whole life. And in order to receive this new insight, this new perception of yourself, you've got to erase all that stuff on the blackboard. Start with a clean slate. So that's what this thing is doing. That's what The Course in Miracles is doing, the workbook. It's erasing our perception as much as we're willing to have it be erased. 
And when he says, well, you're not seeing anybody really alive and really joyous, I mean, just be honest with yourself, you know? Maybe that's true. Okay. Okay. Okay, guys, thank you for joining us.